Hey everyone, this is Jessica with another episode of Hosted Transform Talks that might transform your world and the world around you. This is the Host Radio Hour. Each week, powerful talks with leaders of transformation from around the world. This human energy, this openness to connect. Shared resources and the transformation, of course. I think it's really possible that people feel connected to one another and that maybe it's good for world peace. (laughs) Outside world doesn't need education that creates the same all the time. It is in need of game changers to be able to adapt themselves to any kind of situation. All of us as human beings ultimately want to be creative and want to make a difference around us, achieve more of our potential. With practical tips and new perspectives on leadership that helps us reinvent ourselves, individuals, organizations, and societies. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to another episode of Hosters from Talks, uh, in which we interview or have a dialogue with leaders of transformation from around the world. And today we will focus on leadership and the paradigm shift that it's making. Uh, leadership has been is is a word that has been used in most of people's website, being a coach or trainer or organization. But what do we actually mean with leadership? And what kind of leadership is needed as of today when the world is changing exponentially, when you do not really know what will be next and you have to embrace uncertainty rather than control it, where you have to include the whole system in the decisions that you make as the world becomes Uh, more interconnected, etc. So, therefore, I had the honor to speak with Jennifer Campbell, and she's a business owner, a senior change and transformation manager, leadership and organization development professional, and an executive and system coach. She's the author of books and articles on change and communication and systemic leadership. So in this episode, we will talk about specific case stories, how she um, actually pulled off to make a shift within a huge organization, not by telling people what to do, but by coaching and by unlocking the potential within the system um, instead of controlling it. And we will talk about things like how can you resolve conflicts? Can you make a vow on forehand with your with the people that you work with and make sure that you prevent a conflict or at least when you're in a conflict and emotions take over, you have a plan C or B uh, instead of uh, active uh, react in, in, in the moment and be very responsive. And how can we make sure that leadership is understood in the right way? Uh, Well, all of that and much more, thanks to Jennifer Campbell. Welcome, Jennifer Campbell. Thank Thank you for uh, for having me. Yeah, I was was about to say the same. We want to thank each other for uh, for, making this possible, thanks to technology and all that. Uh Um, Yeah, for the listeners, you know, Jennifer and I actually just met uh, virtually. Uh, but since a week ago, I have approached her because I, something, I saw something very beautiful and special out there on the web, which is her, um, yeah, her summit, her summit about systemic leadership. And in this podcast, she will talk about 
that uh, in more detail. Um, and uh, yeah, I would love to know a little bit more about Jennifer while we're actually doing this podcast. So it's really building the plane while flying it. I love that expression too. <laughs> so um, Jennifer, first of all, how are you and where do you call in from? Um, I'm really good. Um, I'm in the center of the Netherlands where I live. And um, yeah, I'm doing great. And it's it's so funny that you asked me that question because um, as we are speaking, I'm in a midst of delivering the summit and interacting with people from all over the world. So it's a good question to to receive. Hmm. So my home in the center of Holland, and uh, yeah, I'm doing good. Running your global business. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Extraordinary, huh? Yeah. Yes. It's an amazing process to, uh, yeah, to interact with so many people from um, across the world um, in so many different time zones who tune in to something that um, I happen to be the creator of, but uh, actually the co-creator with speakers and virtual assistants and many other people who um, joined in and contributed to making this happen. So yeah, it's a very humbling place to be in. Beautiful. Um, well, I would love for us to get to know a little bit about you. So if I would ask, uh, okay, who is, uh, who is Jennifer Campbell? How would you describe yourself in a, with a few words? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think I'm a, a pretty, a person who likes to be creative and, um, I just, I discovered in the past few years that I love being an entrepreneur because it, um, yeah, it allows me for this creativity to come out. Um, I love, I'm the type of person who loves to connect with, people in different places and different continents and different languages and contexts. Um, I'm a very ambitious and independent person. Um, and yeah, I think I'm pretty versatile. I, um, I like combining different disciplines in my work and in my life. And, um, yeah, on a, on a social note, on one hand, I'm a very enthusiastic person and energetic, um, but I also have introverted sides where I can just sit and be <laughs> quiet and think and uh, contemplate new ideas. So I hope that sums it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. Um, I'm not sure if I can think black and white, but it sounds a little bit like a uh, I'm listening to myself, so that's uh, <laughs> we, uh, we belong to the same tribe in that sense. Yeah. Beautiful. Thanks for that. Um, so, well, the summit is there, Systemic uh, Leadership Summit. Um, it's already running and up. Um, mm -hmm. And, of course, there, this didn't just uh, drop out of the sky, out of the blue. So mm -hmm. I want to dive a little bit deeper, if that's okay with you. Um, sure. So... Um, I always love the question, uh, why do you do what you do? And, it, and it's maybe a bit overwhelming for some uh, people, but I'm sure you already um, are more experienced with this question. Um, but still, I'm going to ask it. Why do you do what you do? And, and could you also focus not only on the business side of things, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but also maybe, you know, when you were a little girl, were there moments in your life that you can refer to that you feel like, hey, this could, if I connect the dots, the summit is a logical outcome of all this or a means to an end to my purpose. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I love the question, why do people do what they do? Um, I have a psychology background, but when you ask me to go back um, one of the, in my life, one of the first things that uh, pops up for me um, is a story when I was three years old. And um, I am, even though I'm Dutch, I have Surinamese parents. And when I was three, we moved to the U.S. for a year and a half. And I attended uh, kindergarten, a small school. And uh, in the school, there was um, there were two kids who were autistic, especially one, and he never spoke. And what was um, a very um, exceptional thing about that situation is that every day I sat next to this boy and connected with him uh, until one day um, he started to talk. And for the teachers, that was a very exceptional thing because they had given up on him thinking, okay, he's autistic. He's never going to be talking. And he, but he did, he opened his mouth and he started talking and he only talked to me. And um, what happened next is that um, many parents with autistic children brought their children over to my house to, for them to play with me. And um I think what I'm trying to say with that, the core of why I do what I do is for me, connection is very important. And um, what I, why I also do what I do is that um, I, I have a natural tendency to connect pieces, places, things that where other people see boundaries in between. So in this example where there was, uh, there's two little kids, they're both three years old and teachers put this kid in a box saying, oh, he can't talk. Yeah. And for me, well, as young as I was, um, I think most of us have that at that age. Um, Yeah, we don't, there weren't any boundaries. Uh I I just thought, I don't, I don't care if he can talk or, and I can, I'll just talk for the both of us and connect that way. And at some point, there was this possibility for him also to cross this boundary between the verbal and the nonverbal world and connect. And um, I think that's a big part of what I do. So speaking of stories, when you ask me that question, yeah, it's about connecting. It's about um, seeing the, the bigger space that we are in as people and working with that and um, also looking at the potential. Um, If you ask me what's my why or what's my core, then I truly believe that um, if we as human beings, not just as individuals, but also as, as groups, whether we are a group of friends or team or school or organization or society, doesn't matter at what level, as soon as we tap into that potential that we have, then we transform, we grow and transform. And um, to my core, I believe that's what we're here to do. 
to yeah. grow and transform um, in this world. Um, change is a constant thing. And so, yeah. So for me, that's also very important to, uh, to focus on. Yeah. So beautiful how you emphasize, of course, this is, uh, you know, speaking in the, <laughs> in my church in that sense. <laughs> um, but yeah, also the connecting beyond boundaries, right? It's even the tagline I'm using sometimes. And uh, for some people, it's very vague. Uh, but for me, and I also uh, hear this from you, it's super crystal clear that there are so many boundaries uh, that, that block us from not connecting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the positive uh, side of the same coin is there are so many opportunities uh, if we could cross those boundaries um, and move beyond them. So yeah. Shifting to um, maybe to also your your work experience on a professional level, mm-hmm. where there, I mean, this is what you saw already when you were a kid, maybe partially subconsciously, and uh, you started almost your own kindergarten because <laughs> <laughs> all the children came to your place because they felt so at home, I, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this... A, how did this, How did it unravel in your work experiences and... Could you also, if that's okay with you, mention some things when it didn't resonate? And, and what did you do at those moments? Did you doubt the system? Did you doubt yourself? So yeah. actually two questions in one, if that's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, and I, I, I'm going to try and answer you um, um, in terms of those bo- two, both two questions. And the first one is about where did these st- things start for me professionally? Mm-hmm. And um, actually, I was one of those uh, young adults who had great difficulty selecting what she wanted to do in terms of studies and career. Um, I just kept as many options poss- uh, open as I possibly could. And um, at some point, I realized that I really wanted to start study psychology. Mm-hmm. And uh, here I was as a young student, um, having completed one year of business informatics, which was totally different. But um, at that time, society was very much into getting uh, young uh, girls and young women into more technical or more IT type of studies. And they said, well, if you don't know what you do, why don't you just study that? I did that for a year and my conclusion was at the end of the year oh wow people are so much more complex and so much more interesting and so much more uh inspiring than computers so i'm switching to psychology and that was the best thing i could have done um so here i was and fast forwarding in my third year i was anticipating on doing my internships and research projects for my graduation year And I didn't know what subject to pick. And what happened is that at that time, um, I spoke to my parents on the phone a lot. And especially to my mother, who was then experiencing, she worked for a high school. And uh, that high school was merging with two other schools. And the change process was a big mess. And so every time I talked to my mother on the phone, I heard all these stories about what was going wrong in the change process. And what uh, emerged for me out of that was the question, 
if you want to implement change, how can you do it in such a way that it's also good for the people involved? Hmm. And uh, that became my mission. And it has been my mission. And the words changed slightly. But um, I am still in the area of change. Um, I graduated on change management. And ever since, I've been helping people and leaders in organizations um, implement change and, uh, on one hand, get results, but on the other hand, also be happier in the process. And so, um, yeah, that's something I still do. And it's very much at the core of, um, yeah, of what I bring professionally and now also as, uh, inter- as an entrepreneur, when I um, want to bring value to the world, it's about that. So again, it ties into how can I help others grow and transform? Beautiful. Um, if I can tap into that a little bit more, um, I'm, I'm just wondering, and uh, maybe I'm a little bit advocate's devil here, but, you know, as of today, who doesn't want to change, you know? <laughs> Innovation is there. Everyone wants to do something different. And um, also big corporates, SMEs, small, uh, middle um, companies, enterprises. Everyone wants change. And I think people get more conscious about the urgency as well, that business as usual is no longer working. And, you know, all the side effects of people getting burned out and stressed and depressed or businesses going bankrupt etc what is your as a as a well being a professional working with change and help uh, executives in organizations or teams what is your condition before you start working with those teams or organizations so they really embrace what they say and kind of a guarantee that yeah, it's, it will have an impact what you will do with them. So actually you're asking about what are the things that um, I want to see in place before I start working with with clients, for example, or with leaders. Yeah, as a little example, and this is kind of, you know, the, the worst case example, I don't want to be negative about the subject, not at all. I just want to... Uh, help people that are in this space as trainers, coaches, uh, or, or whatever name they put on themselves, mm-hmm. uh, change makers, is that when do you know your hard work and your approach will actually resonate? Uh, because if there is no alliance between teams and, um, well, the executive level, if there's no openness and for the people on the operation side, do not know what they will get if they change, what's what's in it for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, is there really an honesty? Is, is, are things really going to change in the benefit for, for all uh, stakeholders? So uh, there's, for example, a case story of a friend of mine. She's also a trainer in, in um, uh, it's more in the spheres of servant leadership and uh, conflict resolution. And she trained a group, uh, a hospital it was, uh, and I think she was able to train everyone from the cleaners to the operation to the CEO, etc. Mm-hmm. But in the end, I don't know the details, but it was the structure 
that in the end still killed the whole process and things couldn't change um, because it was a systemic issue. Yeah. And there were many factors that were not included. So, yeah, this is a very big question I started to realize. But what is kind of, yeah, your very, the basic preconditions before you will work with an organization. And it's not just a training because it's January and we have to get rid of our budget in order to get new budget. Um, most probably you know those stories um, as a trainer or a coach as well that you often yeah, you can also be invited to do a training, but nothing really happens. So what is your approach to move beyond that and to really make an impact? Yeah, yeah. I think I think I get where, where uh, you would like to go um, with your question. It's very much about uh, connecting with the client system and um, seeing what's there. And for me, um, I don't go into a team or an organization with a preset agenda. Mm-hmm. For me, it's very much about um, when a client approaches me and says there are certain things that are not working well or there's certain things that um, I'd like to change, then I first um, really want to get an understanding of how we'll be working together and how um, things are in the system. Mm-hmm. Because uh, the, the core of my work, and I do many different things. I have many different of those hats that you just mentioned. The predominant one be, ones being change manager and uh, systems coach, mm-hmm. um, which... And even those words imply that you work a particular way with, uh, with people. And I'm moving away from the setting of training because the training is usually bought in by clients as a preset solution for what they think the problem is. Exactly. And usually when I go in um, and I ask questions about the system or I get to know the system better, the team or the organization, then just by asking questions, this the people in the system are realizing what is actually going underneath, um, what's, what's the underlying thing that's actually happening, mm-hmm. and um, that the initial problem that they thought they had is not it, and it's something else. Yeah. And so what for me, in order to work with leaders, for example, for me, it's very important to um, for them to understand that we are going on a journey. I go on a journey with uh, with my clients and say, OK, uh, in this journey, I can um, I can guide from the place of having seen many hundreds of of different systems, uh, human systems, of Mm -hmm. teams and organizations and communities. Um, But I'm not here to tell you what to do. Mm -hmm. I am uh, not uh, the person who fixes things for you. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm here to help you see yourself better as a team Mm -hmm. or as a leader within the team or leader within the organization. And to help you discover where your system wants or needs to go next. Mm-hmm. 
And that's what I do. And um, there's one funny thing that I'd like to share with you is that especially when I'm asked to um, be a change manager in, for example, a major restructuring or major change processes, then I usually sit down with my client and um, have a thorough conversation about um, how we design our collaboration and one of the things I asked them is, um, now, we are going to go on a journey together. And at some point down the line, there's definitely going to be tension mm-hmm. in our collaboration. Yeah. And there always is. Change processes just have that. It's just the nature of the process. And so... How can we contract around that? How can we agree on how we are going to deal with that <laughs> once we once we get to that point? Yeah, that's so interesting to ask that on forehand. Yeah, I do that beforehand, and usually yeah. the first few seconds, uh, this leader, man or woman, doesn't matter. They just stare at me, thinking, "Huh." <laughs> Why would we want to anticipate on when we when we get into t- attention or a different situation, difficult situation? No, then you're in your emotions, right? And so, and so, it's 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 hard to decide how to move forward once you're in it. Mm-hmm. So, um, and the thing is, usually, when we have a conversation around this, and they start answering my question. This, that's where we get to the foundation of our collaboration mm-hmm. that um, then helps to to move forward when things are difficult. Yeah. So, yeah, as a prerequisite for me is having that conversation um, to have clarity on how we'll be, what we'll discover, how we take action, what the different roles are without boxing in the change process because you cannot predict what that exactly is going to be looking mm-hmm. like. Yeah, yeah I, I cannot help it, but my mind is also connecting to marriages, you know. We should do that before, <laughs> before <laughs> we get married and c- committed to someone. What will we do if we, if we end up in a, in a not-so-comfortable place? Um, yeah. What, what, what is our procedure? <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Well, the, in that sense, it's the same. I mean, we we say our vows and say for better and for worse, and sickness right. and health and all that stuff. But when it actually happens, yeah, uh, it was much easier said than done. And um, what I find so rewarding is that once. W- a client and I get to that point and then say, oh, aha, this is the point that we talked about at the beginning. We are here now. <laughs> uh, so let's, uh, let's just uh, put in place what we, what we agreed on and then move on. And the thing is that as soon as we get past it and move on, things accelerate and really start to flourish and grow and transform. And so um, to me, it's, I've seen this over and over again, and that is also what I get back from my clients. They say, okay, we have, you have been able to sit with me in the fire, in the mud, in the mess. Yeah. And then, and then, uh, uh, and we moved past that. And that was one of the, um, 
most crucial points in this entire uh, process of helping the system change and shift. And um, yeah, yeah. very rewarding thing. So yeah, like uh, impactful team building. (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, the relationship building uh, full on. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, and it can be done, like you said, it can be done uh, at the team level, it can be done individually, um, even with larger systems. Um, I have um, had the privilege, and I still do, but I've had the privilege of doing whole systems change, whole organizations change, and um, fulfilling a role in that. And it's so beautiful to see that when you are a year or two years down the line, that the entire system has shifted Mm-hmm. amazing to um yeah and to see all the people in it and how all of them made a step yeah uh, and and to, to tap into that because there's perhaps also some people listening that mm-hmm. don't really know what system uh systemic leadership is about yeah that's the one, one question. And second question would be great if you could, based on this case that you refer to right now, mm-hmm. what is the exact shift in that case and what kind of organization was it or is it? Okay. Um, so there's two things. What is systemic leadership? Yeah. And what is And what was this example? Let me start with the example first. And if I forget, please bring me back to the two my current definition of systemic leadership. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, But um, I had one particular organization in mind, um, and this is quite a few years ago. It was, um, I was still employed back then. um, And I was project manager for um, a municipal organization of 600 people. Mm -hmm. And, um, we were, the company I worked for, we were running a, a tender with many other competitors and they they rang and they said, okay, we have a new strategy. We have, uh, we have an upcoming IT change project. We have this and this and this, but please help us because we do not know what to do with the people. Mm-hmm. And, um, Minor detail. <laughs> Minor detail. Oh my God, that's the world upside down. Yeah, yeah. sorry, I'm, I'm super yeah. biased. Yeah, but, uh, but uh, this could be a real long story, so I'll try to bottom line it. Sure. Um, what happened was is that I started working with uh, the leadership of this um, organization. And um, at some point I brought in colleagues as well so that we could work with the entire system of 600 people and uh, we went on a journey with them and two years down the line um, I sat with um, one of the directors and he said Jennifer I know that at the beginning of this journey you told me that there was a good possibility for the entire organization to make the shift. And I know you told me, but now we're two years down the line and I actually see what happened. And I said, well, can you tell me how you saw it? And he said, sure. Um, We were talking, it was March back then. And he said, 
Well, remember how we took out this this whole management layer and a, a certain number of people lost their jobs and we had a major restructuring and the go, go live date of that was back January 1st. And I said, sure. And he said, well, before, before we did that, I opened the doors to my office. I walked through the building and told everyone that my doors are open and everyone can come in to ask questions um, and to share their complaints because I know these people as complaining a lot. And I wiped my calendar clean for two weeks. And I said, what happened? And he said, nobody came by. Hmm. And I said, what, what does that mean? And he said, when nobody passed by my office, I walked outside again to see what happened. And he said, everybody made a shift. Every single one of those people made a shift. Out of the 500 people who were left, 435 subscribed for follow-up uh, workshops, courses, coaching, steps forward, um, everybody was taking action. And he said, two years ago, we were facing a group of 600 people who are used to having lifetime employment, who are complaining, who call um, the customers citizens, not customers. Mm -hmm. And we are now in the place where everybody is proactive I cannot hear a single complaint in the building and everybody's taking action and ownership. Beautiful. And that just gave me shivers down my spine. I was just like, okay, we <laughs> have been able to do something amazing. And um, yeah, that's just an example of going on a journey. Um, and I really salute the leadership for taking on that role because it was very difficult for them because yeah. it was very uncertain. Um, it was a big job to do and they did this and also allowed me and my colleagues, colleague professionals to work with them uh, on this journey. And up until this day, what's, because this project ended um, beginning of 2009 so that is now eight years ago but uh, only recently I asked them if I could use their testimonial again and they said yes you can always use our testimonial because up until this day this organization knows the people in this organization know how to change and how to move forward so mm -hmm. every single development that we get every change in legislation or rules or governmental um, things, we just know how to tackle them now. It's inherited and, and every the whole organization becomes more resilient or agile, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. You fix it themselves. So you made yourself uh, missable. <laughs> as yeah, I yeah. And that's also very bold. Lovely. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's such an amazing thing to hear. And um, what I love about it is that it, the intensity of working together like that, it's just there. I'm always going to be knowing these people. If I meet one of the 600 people in the street, I'll immediately recognize them. Mm -hmm. The system yeah. is, is 
was so in such a beautiful transition and the people in it just beautiful just went with it. So, yeah. And maybe so does this actually answer your question? Because you just said, how does that go in that organization in this example? And yeah. also I wanted to know about systemic leadership, right? Yeah. Thanks so much. Uh, the, the more con- concrete, the better, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I want to try one more question to make it even more concrete because there might be some people listening that mm-hmm. golf to step in your shoes um, and they're, they're trainer or emerging trainers or change makers or transformers. You have all this beautiful jargon around it, but in the end we all share the mission that we want to unlock the potential within people and within the teams and organizations and in the system itself. So mm-hmm. you don't need people from external uh, that give the advice to, to be the consultant and to save the day to keep uh, to keep that in the ecosystem or to develop it in the ecosystem. So um, I, I was just thinking, and maybe it's it's also depends the context, but let's take this case story you just talked about. Mm-hmm. You talked about it was an intensive process. So yeah. How how did those two years look like? I mean, not you know on a daily basis, but did you spoke with these with the executives like every week on a call, and then you were training the team, or you were you yourself? It was you were you were with a team of I don't know how many people. How did you how did you get there? How did you make this transformation in the organization? Yeah, well. Um... First of all, I don't, I don't think that I made the transformation. Mm-hmm. Um, the people in the organization made the transformation. Yeah. What uh, I helped them do is create a container with that helped all the people in the system to move. And that's what I did. Mm-hmm. And um, so all of those things that you mentioned were in that process Mm-hmm. So I worked with the executives on a regular basis. I worked with the the top three management layers on a regular basis. Um, we had whole system um, days, for example. One week we saw the entire system of 600 people, 160 a day, 150 a day. Mm-hmm. And that's where I worked with um, 10 colleagues mm-hmm. who... Um, yeah, to facilitate that. And were they all part of the, were they also employees at the organization or they were, well, just to, to, to name it, were they external? Um, actually, I had two themes. One, one was a project team and that was all people of the, the client organization and me. Mm-hmm. So people from senior management, um, HR, communication, the works council, um, other employees. So where there's, there's a mix of, there was a mix of people of 15 people. Mm-hmm. And then I had uh, colleagues who were also um, up from outside, just like me. And there were 10. All right. Those, yeah. I worked especially with those when we had these really big um, all system moments in the, yeah. in the, yeah. Okay. In the and journey. those all system mo- moments, um, then you, then that's the moment when you ask, I think, I assume the power questions about their own awareness or um, 
the, their own capabilities that they can make a change or do things in a different way that would help the system uh, become better in a sense? What are yeah. those system moments uh, I should refer to? Yeah, well, what I could do is give you an example of what so, such a whole system day looked like. So imagine there's 150 people in the room and there's higher management who, um, first of all, wanted to just share with with everyone what their ideas were about and their vision was for where they wanted to uh, take the organization, take take the entire organization. And then we would have breakout sessions in which all the all the other people in the organization could have a conversation across um yeah just colleagues with with colleagues from different departments so they were mixed groups mm-hmm. and we could all have a discussion about what do we think that um, this organization should move towards mm-hmm. what do we feel about it um do we agree or not agree um what are our our voices and opinions about how we're doing and why we need to change. And it's, it was very much um, holding space for all the responses within the system to come up. Mm -hmm. And um, that was in the morning during the, during like right before or after lunch, we would, I would also work with, um, uh, people who do impro and and create more of a um, the emotional layer of what's going on within the organization and how employees in it work with um, customers that they still call citizens mm-hmm. and um, that was very important for people to sit in the larger group again and see their story um, shared with them on an emotional level. Um, and then in the afternoon it was about, okay, if, if things are going to change, what is it that you can do? What is it that you want to do? What is the one or two things that are going to, um, create um, a step forward for you? And what do you need from others within the system, be it the management or your colleagues or, um, and so that would be a very full day for everyone to work on the organizational level, their team level, their individual level, and back again. Yeah. Um, and we didn't judge the voices if people had resistance. It was just the way it was. Mm-hmm. Resistance is just from the viewpoint of some person who's saying the other person doesn't want to do what I want them to do. Mm-hmm. We label that resistance. Yeah. Um, I'm using the term less and less. I think it's more about um, can we listen to what the different people within an organization want and then zoom out and see, okay, so if we look at all of this, what does the system want? Where is it wanting to grow and transform? Where can you find the synergy there? Yeah, yeah. So rather than prescribing okay, this is where we're going. Yeah. It's more about bringing out everything that's in the system about where it wants to go. And then, yeah, look at the whole again. So I hope this helps. I hope this makes it a little bit more tangible in terms of what those days looked like. And 
yeah, yeah. It definitely does, and it uh, also reminds me of uh, of uh, a training I provided myself. And then last minute, uh, the executives uh, couldn't join that session. Mm-hmm. And uh, I asked, well, I, I suppose similar power questions like, uh, well, what would you love to, to do? How would you like to build relationships? What does this organization, how would it look like in, in the ideal world in five years from now, next, next day, etc.? And all this beautiful data, I send it to the, the executives, decision makers, and as of today, they haven't done anything with it. Um, and I was also not there in the name of, a, of a, to be a system, uh, systemic leadership coach. Or um, I think my workshop was called Social Innovation. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's why I, I think I, I already um, asked the questions on forehand, like what are the, the conditions to at least have the as much as potential for your process to succeed or to succeed that there will be a shift within two years or so. Yeah, you need you need people that are the decision makers on board to to go on the journey with you, even though there might be some heartache and uh, and difficulties. But you need that uh, commitment, I think, on forehand. Yeah, you know, uh, people who are who hold leadership roles are very important. And um, as we see it more and more, even though we are um, shifting towards more consciousness in terms of what's going on in organizations and what does it mean to have a leadership role, we, we are still in the context of looking up to leaders to, to tell us where to go. Mm-hmm. And to give us visions or promised lands or things like that. Yeah. And um, what I find so disempowering about that is that um, we let go of ownership of also bringing out our own ideas and own voices within the system um, and uh, have a look to see the value in that. Yeah. And um, that is leaders and followers or leaders and employees alike. All the people within the system are responsible for, um, yeah, trying to to bring out what they have inside to tap their own potential and to see how it could be of service to the bigger system that they're part of. Yeah. um, that's also maybe how I can bridge towards, so what is systemic leadership and how is it different from the traditional ideas that we have of leadership? And that is, um, again, that in traditional sense, there's one or a few leaders who um, determine everything for everyone else and who are the power holders and who can exercise like their top-down way of managing the organization. Mm -hmm. And systemic leadership means that um, leadership is at service of the entire organization. And therefore, leadership is a role that belongs to the entire organization. Yeah. And uh, some people call that a process. Some people call that a role. Um, for me, it's very important um, that leadership is shaped systemically 
meaning that everyone in the system holds a piece of leadership. And you can call it ownership or you can call it, um, yeah, the responsibility to bring out what you have to offer and um, connect it to the, the yeah. goal or the growth potential of the organization. Yeah, I think uh, it's, uh, if, if I can wrap it up like that, it's, um, or summarize it a bit, is this is our biggest challenge to get, to get it out of that traditional conventional paradigm when this is about a few minor group of people that are, well, executives, that have the formal role to be a leader. But also, if I personally talk about leaders of transformation, I don't care what role what role you have personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about your own determination to to change your own world if you don't like it, you know, to be part of that party, <laughs> to be part of that process instead of just uh, pointing out fingers to people and systems. Um, yeah. And also be proactive. Actually, yesterday I had a friend, um, uh, you know, and I shouldn't expect the whole world to be like that uh, either. And I actually want to make a point about that too in a second. But yesterday I had a friend and I, and I said, hey, uh, this is a, a yoga uh, therapy conference. Might be very interesting for you. Your organization is a healthcare, um, care, how do you say it, healthcare giver. <laughs> He's a coordinator, so he has an executive position. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the first thing he did is... Uh, you know, referring to his boss to see if there's budget, you know, that, that was his uh, intrinsic uh, reaction response. And, you know, I can understand that. Yeah. It was also a part of me that got really angry, you know, and I was really open with him and, and you know, we got in a little bit of a dispute. I said, why do you, you know, make your own development you know, being part of, why do you, yeah, do you feel so dependent on your organization when it comes down to your own development? Because I know he's into this stuff that I sent him, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying he should do it. It was not, that was not the aim of, 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 the, of the conflict we had, but I was just very irritated uh, that he's so passive. Like once you step into your organization, it seems that some people switch off their own, needs or vision or yeah interdependentness and as soon as they get back in the car they uh, start uh, making their own decisions again and yeah me, yeah i'm flabbergasted by that mechanism and yeah. i spoke with one of my friends that is also a business coach and into law and, and all the all this kind of thing that he does and he gave back to me like jess maybe I have the experience as well that there's maybe also some people that couldn't care less and they even say, okay, don't ask me all these beautiful power questions, what I can do. I'm not getting paid for it. Please go back to the executive leader and he can deal with these very complex questions and let me just execute. Okay, I'm, going to, I'm really black and white here, but just to make Yeah, I'd love to speak yeah. to that, though, because I understand yeah. what you're saying, and I, I also understand um, your response to this person that you were talking about. Thank and, you. I feel more than I do. Now. <laughs> and I want to add something to it, mm-hmm. and that is um, that um, what you illustrated so beautifully is that once people 
are still out of the organization and sometimes it's out of the building or sometimes they no longer work, work for the organization, um, is that they are perfectly capable of making their own decisions and taking ownership. Um, but once they go in, it's as if they are no longer able to do that. And, um, or they are seemingly not able to do that or they comply. And what's very important to know is that this is also part of systemic influence. So if an organization has particular um, rules, legislations, a particular culture, a particular environment, um, consciously or unconsciously, it's a, it's a famous um, water mm -hmm. in the fish tank. And um, one of my speakers at the summit, um, he, he talks about that. And we are so unaware of the water that we see in the fish tank. Mm -hmm. So the fish tank being the organization and the fish being the people in it. But we are so unaware of the water and that is influencing us all the time. Mm -hmm. So as soon as you walk in, it's as if you walk into something that restricts you, influences you in the normal resources that you have when you're not in it. Yeah, I think I would call that, uh, maybe I would call that organization culture, which is not very yeah. helpful. Is that? Yeah, yeah. So it's culture, but it's also more than that. All right. And so um, what's in the system has to do with everything that influences and connects us. And it influences us all the time. And it influences us in the way we show up, in the roles that we fulfill, in the way we communicate, in the way uh, we grow, but also in the way we do not grow. And um, so systems energy or the force of the system is very strong, mm -hmm. regardless of which systems we are in. So I, I, I can imagine that many people can relate to the situation where um, you're an adult and maybe you have your own family or you live independently and your parents are still alive. And uh, one day for Christmas or whatever holiday or just for a special occasion, you go to your parental home and maybe you meet your siblings. And then all of a sudden you find yourself doing things that you um, haven't done in ages, but that are normal for you to do when you're with your family. Mm -hmm. For example, you are the one who starts cleaning everything. Or you are the one who is uh, entertaining everyone. Or you are the one who... And these are automatic things um, that you can sense and feel and say, oh, wait a minute, I am, I am back in my parental setting again uh -huh. where I'm doing the normal things that I also used to do maybe even when I, when I was younger. I wasn't even an adult yet. Why do I do this behavior again? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I think this is something why most of us do not really embrace Christmas so much. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Why? Because we are influenced. Yeah. We are influenced by the systems that we're in. Yeah. Now, why um why systemic leadership? And also maybe why I wanted to organize an, a summit about systemic leadership. Mm -hmm. It has to do with this. 
we are in different systems all the time. And when you look at leaders in organizations, they are in uh, the leadership, the board system. They are in the organizational system. They are in political systems. They are in industry systems. They are in so many systems mm-hmm. um, at the same time. And it influences us every single single second that we are trying to fulfill a role and trying to accomplish things. Mm-hmm. And that's where the complexity comes in. Because for most people, the influence of the systems that, we, that we're part of is an unconscious thing. Mm-hmm. And um, if you're more aware, if, if you're more conscious, then it can help you at least pick and choose which systems you want to influence or which systems you want to have a role in or in which systems you want to connect or um, be more aware of your own behavior and how it's affecting you or not affecting you. Mm-hmm. And so systemic leadership is one, like I explained before, it's about um, leadership as a process or a role of the bigger system and not so much of the individual leader with the stripes and the position. Um, but it's, I'm also, uh, I want to share this information in the world for leaders and leadership coaches or change makers alike, mm-hmm. um, that they are aware of the strong force of, of systems and that they learn how to, to work with it and use systems thinking also mm-hmm. to understand, okay, what's going on in the system and how, how can I uh, be in a place where I have access to my resources or my knowledge or something that I have that I can offer to the system so that it can grow. Yeah. Wow. That's so interesting. Um, I mean, this is really, yeah, you talk about society, you talk about organizations, but also people's life beyond the organization they might work for. Um, Yeah. Family life even. Um, Yeah, and in the end, I think also, well, maybe, uh, I don't know if you agree with this, but this just pops up in my mind, that Mm -hmm. we also um, overdo it in the end. I mean, your employee should not per se be responsible for the uh, whole happiness of your life and and, and creating that. So this has to be really a, um, yeah, a a mutual process where both parties, uh, yeah, share the same mission, want to go ahead. Um, live in a more vital, meaningful way, most probably, and, uh, and make what they work on uh, successful, whatever that means for them. Um, yeah, and you know, when uh, to also to people who are listening, um, it's it's very much about, and I also wanted to connect it to something that you mentioned earlier about. What do you do when you work with systems, with client systems? You have a leader, you have a person in particular position, and uh, they contact you because they they see growth potential for themselves in their roles. Mm-hmm. Um, but they find this pushback of the budget or anything else. Um, then it's also about... Um, Yeah, you can help them be aware of the influence of the system on them uh, and vice versa, their their influence on the system again. 
Yeah. And all you can do is leave it at that because um, as, as soon as you feel, okay, this person, they are ready to make a change in their organization. But as soon as budget comes up, then they stop and say, go to the top leader. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's about coming from a place of, uh, of compassion. Mm-hmm. Because it's not easy to step out of the older structure of, okay, the, 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 the highest leadership in the end is deciding towards a place where all the voices within an organization can be heard and can be used to, to grow and move forward. It's a shift that, um, that takes time, that takes um, awareness, takes consciousness. And if you're in a place of, um, of coaching the system, um, you, you cannot have your own agenda in terms of speed or in terms of how fast the system is growing. Yeah. It grows the way it, way it can. And, and um, I guess what we can do is be with it with compassion and see where we can add some information or hold space from the, for the system to then make its own, yeah, its own yeah. baby steps. And yeah, beautifully said. Yeah, and often what I see as I work a lot with entrepreneurs uh, in their business, uh, but also with leaders, is that, um, I, I just wonder if you resonate with that, I often see that, it's the other way around, actually, that people are also very, uh, well, maybe even scared about their impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I really believe, as I have seen in my own experience, by often just doing it, and of course, the way you do it makes all the difference. But if you do it in a way, uh, something new, some new intervention or some new idea you bring up, However, you make sure everyone can co-create with you and give their uh, opinion, even if they don't like it. Uh, they might still want to move along with you if they, they don't like it, as long as they feel the openness, they can give their input. But often you can uh, reach a lot uh, from, from this uh, base, from this uh, way you operate. And uh, then it's kind of when the fear of, of success pops in or something. Um, Maybe not always the fear of failure, but also like, wow, this went pretty fast. You know, if I can do this, ooh, what, what comes next? And then I have to be responsible for that. And, um, you know, why not just uh, cream it all out uh, in a f- in, over a few years instead of a few months? Um, mm-hmm. Have you seen that too with leaders that feel like, wow, suddenly I'm kind of... Um, well, surprised or astonished, astonished by my impact. And this is scary. Yeah, yeah. It can be scary because, um, well, you know, you put in a lot of effort and all of a sudden it no longer takes that much effort because the whole thing has shifted. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, that's the point where you need, to, where it's about reinventing yourself and yeah. going to a reflective place of, okay, so what does that mean for me being in the system? Yeah. Um, many people are also scared of um, being um, so the person who is different in the system mm-hmm. because it, 
it's about do I still belong in the system because I'm bringing in so many new things and yeah. having such a big impact. I'm really shaking the system up. And uh, wow, am I supposed to be shaking it up like this? Yeah. So it's, it's also about um, finding their uncertainty in, okay, am I going to get a backlash from the system now if I have said it too much? Yeah. Um, because that can happen. That sometimes happens. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So sometimes it's about, hmm, maybe the system is faster than I thought it was. Wow, that's uncertain for me. Mm-hmm. Or um, I'm missable. Oh. I don't, I'm not necessary anymore. That could also be a... Yeah, an effect. Yeah, because as soon as you start seeing things from a systemic perspective, then you know that most of the dynamics are not about you. Yeah. They're not personal. Yeah. That's you, just really happen to, yeah. you just happen to bring in a piece that the system needed and then it makes a, makes a shift. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not necessarily your only your personal doing it's also about is the system receptive enough yeah to take in what you bring and if it is it can change really quickly yeah 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 but if it's not then um yeah other things can also happen beautiful well i think we we can uh we can make this a series of podcasts <laughs> oh there's so many things to say about yeah. change yeah. <laughs> i would love to ask the listeners too to respond on this and, and uh, to see if there's questions so we could if, if, uh, eventually do a, a follow-up if, if you're open for that um for now you are the person that makes a beautiful series about systemic leadership Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, as, as, a, as a wrap up of this, uh, I think, very dense, uh, interesting podcast, could you share your mission, your own mission about Systemic Leadership uh, Summit? Oh my yeah. God, this is almost a friend of mine the other day told me, Oh, Jess, yeah, so this is your mission unlocking, uh, empowering people for them to unlock potential, etc., in, in, in businesses and teams and organizations. What are you? Are you God or something? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, maybe my mission is quite big. But um, yeah, what's your mission with the summit? Is it yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, I have a funny story about that. I have um, maybe you'll want to share that with uh, your audience and everyone who's listening. I have um, a short video that it's a minute and a half, and. Um, in it, um, sometimes I listen to myself. I'm thinking, who am I to see this? It's so incredibly big because <laughs> it starts out with the sentence. Well, first I say, hi, I'm Jennifer Campbell. And then I say, let's look at the current status of leadership on our planet. <laughs> and every, t- every time I hear it, I'm like, hmm, <laughs> that's, <big. laughs> oh, that's a big thing to say. Yeah. But, um, Actually, my mission is this big. Uh My mission with the summit is to co-create a paradigm shift in the way we define shape and experience leadership. I feel that the traditional type of leadership is going to be suitable in certain contexts, but I think that we can benefit much more 
and grow much more and evolve much more in our human systems if we have more systemic approach. Mm-hmm. Because things are just too complex. We cannot box everything in. Okay, I'm at A. I want to go to B. I draw a line. And if I walk along the line, then I'll have my solution. No. It, things are too complex for that. So we need, as humans, we need our interconnectedness. We need an understanding of how um, we can use a systems perspective to keep on growing and to keep on evolving. And so I want, uh, yeah, I want to create um, a paradigm shift around it and help leaders uh, or people who have leadership roles or people who coach leaders um, to um, expand their change and transformation capabilities by, us- by looking at leadership systemically more. Mm. And that's the aim of the summit. And so... I thought, well, how am I going to pull this off? Because the idea of organizing a summit um, has been sitting with me for almost four years now. Wow. And it didn't, I just thought, well, I feel an impossibility here. How am I going to get all these speakers all in one place, maybe in Holland or uh, that's, so I was just thinking in my boxed way as well I was also linear when it comes to okay I want a summit I go from A to B here we go again and <laughs> I, I, also linear, I, I mean yeah. this is self-reflection here I mean yes. because I have a summit on systemic leadership doesn't mean that I am systemically oriented 100% of the time sometimes I do. <laughs> we all need to be linear otherwise we don't get out of the door and get our things done during the day because some things need to be linear. Yeah. But um, what happened, what clicked for me is that in my journey of becoming an entrepreneur also um, and um, looking into online potentials, then it clicked for me. And then I thought, okay, I can still create my summit. It's going to be online. Mm -hmm. And um, what I did is um, created another video which was um, even bigger than the one and a half minute one. Oh, wow. What did you say? Um, <laughs> and I just sent it. I just sent it to everyone that I thought um, that I resonated with and thought they have a mission in the world. Mm-hmm. And um, they have systems thinking or systems orientation in their work and, and are very passionate about leadership. So I'm just connecting with them and see if we resonate and um, that's how this whole thing started. And now I'm in the middle of a summit with uh, 20 incredible people, very wise people, people who are willing to share um, what they know and what they've experienced. Um, because it's not just heads talking. It's people who I also ask for their own leadership, mm-hmm. how it impacted them and ex- examples from that. Yeah. Um, so that we can co-create this ripple effect beautiful and uh, yeah and what i've been getting is that that the both the speakers but also participants we are at 900 right now and uh they keep telling me this is so needed right now we need to co-create this right now we need to um sit with the systemic more and see what's going on in the world and see what's going on in our 
smaller and, and bigger world. Um, so whether it's about our interaction with our neighbor in the street or whether it's on a societal level or political level, there's a lot going on right now. Yep. And for many people, it's so complex. Um, and Yeah, you need like-minded to, to keep your head above the water in that sense. Yeah, well, that, but, and, and uh, some people use it to make sense of what's going on. Yeah. And uh, some people also use it to understand that when they have a strong opinion about something or if they are in a conflict with someone that um, like some of the fundamental parts of that conflict have to do with systemic issues such as um, actually how interconnected and how interdependent we all are. Yeah. And um, that we try to be independent, but we are actually very dependent or, that we have difficulty um, dealing with a fellow a, a fellow human who is different from us, yeah. who looks different or has different religions background or has different this or different that. We have difficulty as soon as things come uncertain. Yeah, we, yeah. There's yeah. all kinds of stuff going on. I so love, I love yeah. the saying when they say uh, you have uh, ultimate freedom. Uh, once you have acknowledged that you're 100% interdependent uh, of people or dependent on people. Uh, yeah, well, that's very, 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 very scary for many people. Yeah. To be 100% dependent or understanding yeah. the dependence and the interconnectedness and the influence yeah. of that interconnectedness of the systems that we're in. Yeah. So. Yeah, so that's the the mission of the summit. Um, There's all kinds of things that people can learn. Um, Some people uh, hear about systems for the first time, or some people think when they hear the word systems, they think of IT systems or IT processes, which which is totally understandable. Um, And so the systems that I'm referring to in the summit is about human living systems mm-hmm. people and interconnectedness such as in teams such as in families such as in organizations and societies beautiful yeah it's great that you emphasize this because systems can have a negative connotation for some uh while you mean the opposite you you uh, you yeah have added this human-centered uh perspective to it so uh, yeah yeah, and it's just terminology, and I, I'm just quoting one of the speakers who says, oh, it's it's not so much about the buzzwords. No. It's about um, connecting with the core of, of, yeah. of us, as of mankind, and, and what we are experiencing in that. And whether yeah. we call it one word or the other, um, it's... It's yeah 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 that's why i love the the purpose question always when people in the end want the same thing uh but it's often often so blurry and uh complex like you said that 
Thanks again for listening to this podcast. If you have any comments or questions according to the topic or to Jennifer or me about systemic leadership or any other topic that comes to your mind while listening to this podcast, please leave a comment in our blog at Host Transform, which is H-O-S-T and then 2-O transformation.com so host it and let's embrace it and maybe we could have a worldwide um, conversation about what to do if we get into such a conflict like you mentioned in the case of of the organization you worked with that would Mm -hmm. be beautiful actually to have a yeah, that would be really interesting if we could have a world conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do my oh, that sounds like a like a great theme for a next summit. Yes, world conversation. <laughs> well, I'm on board. I'm on board. Let's sign together with the whole world. If we get in conflict, what do we do and how do we resolve? Yeah, yeah. The communication and the and the conscious communications is also that um, at least two speakers um, of my summit uh, speak about and how you can actually have those conversations and questions that you can ask yourself or interactions that you can have with other people to, yeah, to really tap into the core of what's going on and let more wisdom come out. So the listeners that, uh, that hear about the summit for the first time, mm-hmm. they can go to, uh, to uh, systemicleadershipsummit.com. Com. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, will, uh, I will make sure that all the information is next to the, the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. But also post uh, live summit, the, 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 the videos and all the material and the people, they will still be there, right? So they can always have access if they want to. Yeah, well, it, it depends on how, um, how you join the summit. There's a free part to the summit where um, you'll have access to all the sessions for a limited time. So that does mean that um, you need to log on this week. Mm-hmm. And um, per session, uh, there is a particular time on which they are available. Mm-hmm. And then they will be for 48 hours. Okay. Maybe we'll stay there. Um, so you'll always be able to interact with others who are also in the community. Now, if you say, I want um, to watch everything on my own time, or I want to have audio files so I can listen in the car, or um, if you'd like to know more about the speakers, um, if you'd like to take your learning further about this, there's all kinds of things that you can do, and that is when you buy in and what we call an all-access pass, and then you have access to all the materials for an entire year. Wow. So yeah. you can be in the community, you can interact with everybody, you can watch everything, um, share your learning also. That's what people have started doing, learning. What did I get from this session? And that's from that interaction, they also learn more. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the two ways how you can participate in this summit. And, Beautiful. Uh, it's all in one place. Um, so community.summit.com. Yeah, and you sorry, sorry, I'm, I'm re-talking in sync now. Sorry, you okay. first. Um, I was saying that um, everything is in one place. 
So um, I'm talking about all the summit materials, um, so all the valuable sessions by speakers, and the online community where you can interact. Those are all in one place, and um, they are at community.systemicleadershipsummit.com. That is where you um, are automatically signed up if you sign up for the summit um, and where you can find everything and everyone. So um, even though we are also on social media and all that stuff, but that place is where uh, where it's at. Okay, beautiful. Yeah, you, you've, uh, you've created or you are creating or co-creating something uh, amazing. Um, thumbs up for that and my respect. I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. When I saw it in my inbox for the first time, I immediately knew that this was something for me I wanted to get to know more about and it resonates with my mission. And uh, yeah, I will, uh, I'm already part of the, the community. And, um, yes, you are. <laughs> uh, and yeah, who knows what, what's next, you know? We can co-create even more value um, once, mm-hmm. it's all, once it's all uh, out there. Um, is there anything you would like to share or I forgot to ask you? Um, and for sure, I would like to invite you for a follow-up uh, after the, the, the summit uh, being... Uh, being in place there. Okay. Well, um, in, in that sense, if we're going to have a follow-up, then I don't think you forgot anything. I just wanted to say, (laughs) I just wanted to say I very much enjoyed being in this podcast with you and, um, um, yeah, talking about different things, talking about, um, having a role in, in helping organizations, leaders and employees alike, to change and transform. We talked about systemic leadership and uh, what my mission is in that. Um, I'm just hoping that it's uh, valuable for everyone who's listening. And if, if there's uh, one takeaway, then I hope, um, yeah, for, for who's listening that you have, yeah, um, maybe a better understanding of what systemic leadership is and what a systemic view can do for you and your role when you're working with uh, with client organizations. So Beautiful. yeah, and I'd like to say thank you, Jessica, so much for um, for having me on the podcast. My pleasure. It's fun <laughs> to be on, and um, yeah, I just wish you all the best with um, also all the other podcasts because I'm not the only one. You're talking to many other people. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm hoping that that will create um, a wonderful blend of new knowledge and new possibilities for your audience. So thank you so much for having me on. Beautiful. And the only thing that I can say, be continued. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for joining this Host Transform talk. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And if you would love to engage in the conversation, make sure you leave a comment below in the blogs and you can find our blogs at hostetransform.com which is h-o-s-t-t-o-t-r-a-n-s-f-o-r-m.com hostetransform.com make sure you leave a comment so next also make sure you subscribe for our weekly updates and here we collect all the knowledge and all the practices and new perspectives that are out there today by and for leaders of transformation that want to reinvent themselves 
and the world around them, their career, their business and their organization. For now, I wish you an agile day and hope to catch you soon.